It's 9 a.m. on Tuesday. Customers line up inside a bustling Starbucks, eagerly awaiting their morning coffee. A charming bell indicates the opening of the door, and Katniss Everdeen walks in, carrying a bow and a quiver full of arrows. After she gives her weaponry to a concerned police officer, she sits down at a corner table farthest from any prying eyes, intently focused on a stray piece of bread. The bell chimes once more. Winston stands in the doorway wearing a fake mustache and a monocle, cautiously peering around the room. His eyes lock on Katniss's, who's halfway through a black coffee the color of mud. In that instance, he knows that she's different. I am with you, her eyes seem to say. I think we've both got much more to talk about than the morning paper. After failing to procure a glass of red wine from the front counter, Winston joins Katniss in her reclusive abode. Well, hi Katniss. I've, uh, I've only got 15 minutes until the telescreens turn back on, so we better make this quick. That's okay. It's nice to see you. Yeah, you too. I was just wondering how you feel now that you've escaped your authoritarian regime. Yeah, well, having a little moment's rest from uh, Oceania, it's all I'm noticing is that it's so nice to not feel as isolated anymore. Yeah, for sure. I think in Pan Am I was isolated in so many ways, whether it was from the outside world or just with authentic relationships and even so much to say myself. Yeah, no, I totally relate to that. Um, being in a different time and place is really giving me a new perspective on how isolated I really was within my society from the outside world. Um, how did you experience it in your case? Yeah, well, we had districts that separated us based on our occupation, so we really only interacted with the people there, um, which was really interesting, especially after going into the Hunger Games. That was my first exposure um, to the other districts through our victory tour where we got to see them. But I think it was interesting how the capital really ensures that through our costumes and how we present ourselves, all of the districts are put in a really specific light that kind of isolates us from each other. That's interesting. So in separating the districts, even the places within your country are kind of separated from each other um, for some added isolation. Yeah. Yeah. And much like yourself, um, I was, I live in Oceania where we are not able to leave the country. Um, in fact, the geography is in such a way where these, these massive oceans that separate us from any other civilization. So we know nothing about them. I've never been outside. There's big walls. Um, and because of the media, uh, this intense control over the media by the party, it makes so that we're only allowed to see what they want us to see, which is never anything good about the outside nations. Um, all I know is that they're terrible. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. I just know to hate them, basically. Yeah, I definitely feel like I've gotten a little more freedom in that I've been able to escape with my friend Gail to have kind of some private time to talk to him and practice my shooting. Mm. Have you even escaped, like, into outside of your districts? Yeah, sometimes. There's a little break in the fence that I was able to go through. <laughs> that sounds so nice. I mean, they have complete control over the resources where I live. Um, Obviously, I don't have any place to go to for any recourse like that. So I suppose that's that sounds pretty nice for you. Yeah, well, wow. At least you have a little break from that isolation. That's wild. Did you at least have any kind of relationship with anyone else like I had with Gail? Honestly, it is just as bad in that regard. Um, for the most part, we're just supposed to call each other comrade. Um, there's very little trust in between people. Um, you're not really supposed to have friends. You're allowed to have relationships, but everything is really cold. Um, you said that you did have some actual relationships, right? Yeah, just a couple. Well, I have Gail in my district, which has been really nice to have him be able to take care of Prim and my family um, when I was in the games. But it was interesting how the capital 
kind of used my relationship with PETA as a marketing ploy for the games in that we were kind of forced to bond because we represented our district together. Um, and they really wanted us to fall in love and have this big experience, um, kind of showcase of our relationship to give a little sense of hope for our community. In some way, that is kind of an inauthentic relationship though, right? I mean, it seems like you started caring for him after a while, but for the most part, that was all like for the stage, right? Yeah, at first it was very staged and I had a lot of trouble trusting people just because of the nature of the games. But I did really develop a rapport with him over time, which was nice to kind of trust him in the end, but. Yeah, I totally get the thing about trust. Um, our, my society is so messed up that even people's kids can end up being spies on their parents. Um, there's not really anybody that you can trust. I ended up falling in love with this girl named Julia. She was wonderful and there's nothing against her, but you know, in the end, that relationship ended up being basically broken apart by the government forcefully. And the good friendship that I found with this guy named O'Brien, who I thought was somebody else who thought differently, um, it turned out he was actually a plant by the government as well. So I really don't have anything good to say about the authentic relationships in my civilization. Yeah, that's really scary. I feel like some of my authentic relationships kept me going throughout the games. Um, but it's crazy to see the impact. I really developed a rapport with a girl named Brew in the games. And when I kind of showed my respects during my victory tour, there was so much drama through the peacekeepers or one of the institutions that kind of control us in our world. Um, and it really showed me the danger of having authentic relationships. Mm. Yeah, for us, it's these telescreens that constantly are watching us um, and the people behind them. Um, there's just this mass surveillance, so you're not really supposed to be, you know, sharing any secrets with anybody or talking about anything illegal. And if you are, they will catch you. So you're not really ha able to make good friends that way. Um, and the only time that you do really connect to people is in reverence for the party itself. Um, because of this control of resources and the isolation from the outside world we already talked about, um, people end up fearing the party, but they end up loving it just as well. And honestly, they end up fearing the outside world so much that we're basically dependent on it. So the only friends I really have, quote unquote friends, are those who love, quote unquote, love the party just as much as I do. You know, it feels very fake. Definitely. Did you notice like a difference with the children in your community and how they responded to the institutions? Because it was interesting for me watching kind of the younger generation kind of just agree and um, accept their situation. And I definitely didn't feel that way. Oh yeah, 100%. I think I told you already that the, the kids of many families end up, you know, telling on their parents if they think they're, you know, conspiring or just have any sort of uh, uh, thought crime, that's what it's called. Um, mm -hmm. Children are more susceptible to suggestion than anybody else, so I think that they've caught on to this propaganda and they might love my brother more than anybody else in my society. Yeah. I think what's also really crazy is that I never kind of got the opportunity to find myself because um, through the nature of my world and just being involved in the games and always fighting for survival, I never got to think about what I cared about. It was always about caring about my sister and things like that. Mm, yeah, so that's kind of going to that isolation from yourself a little bit. Um, it seems like you at least got to um, retain some of your personal morals, like your love for your family and your love for your sister. Mm -hmm. um, those are things that you at least managed to hold on to, yes? Yes, definitely. Did you not have that experience? <laughs> no, because of this crazy mass surveillance, 
um, that, that we get from the telescreens and these many ministries, um, you know, the ministry of love that catches people and tortures them until they uh, accept the lies that the country professes. Um, everyone is basically supposed to uh, accept what's called double think, mm. which is basically just believing lies, you know, believing multiple of the same things at the same time. Um, it's really hard to retain your sanity. Is that kind of how you felt when you're in the games? Yeah, for sure. I definitely experienced PTSD after whenever I went shooting or with my bow and arrow, I always thought that I was shooting real people instead of just deer, um, which was really crazy to kind of lose yourself in that way. But I do see a connection um, in terms of brainwashing with my situation where the Capitol and President Snow really just tried to distract everyone from the real problems that were going on in our community, um, which obviously isn't as extreme as Doublethink, but it was really interesting to see people just so enamored by our relationship with me and PETA um, that they forgot about some of the underlying issues that were really important. Sure, and the games themselves, in order to, to excel at them like you did, um, I mean, you were obviously able to retain some of your, your, your morals, and after your first game, you know, you kind of fought back against the government in that you didn't have to kill PETA and he didn't have to kill you. Yeah. But generally speaking, in order to do well in the games, you have to forsake your morals, right? Definitely. End up fighting the very people who you should be friends with. Yeah, which is really scary. I totally agree. I mean, I've noticed that some of the people who succeed um, in Oceania the most, I kind of describe them as little beetles, mm. just people who like lack morality, basically. They're hollow shells of their... Um, you know, original human selves, just forsaking whatever personal values it takes to follow the will of the party and maintain their own double think. And I think a similarity between you and me are just how few institutions really control us, but how powerful they really are. Um, whether that be the peacekeepers or the capital or through propaganda, they were able to really see these um, different avenues as power. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, we have these, I think, four or five different ministries um, that control us, but we don't really have any institutions at all because we're supposed to just orient ourselves around this single truth um, that the party protects us and the party is the ultimate good. So there's no conversation uh, that is necessary, wanted, or even possible in my society. In fact, there's this concerted effort to change the very language we speak so that it's impossible to vocally or mentally disagree with the party's values. It seems like for you, you guys have a little bit more, um, you know, uh, ability to think things through and, and space to do so, right? Yeah, definitely. I think we're not nearly as um, controlled as you are in terms of surveillance. I have definitely gotten the chance to be in private spaces with people I'm close to and confided in them, which has been really meaningful for kind of the power I was able to have in the end by revolting. And it seems to me that you guys fear the government a lot, but you also hate the government. Whereas a lot of the people in my society, you know, we all fear the party as well for, you know, the, the its ability to just disappear people and whatnot. But we also love it because we're taught to love it. And we're afraid and terrified of anything that is outside in the world. You know, all the bombs constantly dropping on us. Yeah, and I think definitely through the games and just seeing kind of the higher districts and how they interact with us, it's easier for us to see that there is a difference out there. Whereas for you, I think there's a lot of repetitiveness and that you forget kind of, or don't even know what opportunities you could have had. Very, very true, yeah. Um, the media is cultivated in such a way that we almost 
we basically don't know what an alternative society could look like. The only way that I was able kind of to maintain my sanity for a time is I, I got this book, this Goldenstein book, mm -hmm. um, and it, you know, basically told me I uh, told me all I could ever wish to know about the outside world and about how we could we could change the current society. But um, it turned out to all be a fake in the end. So yeah. Once again, no go there. Yeah, that's wild. I think I had some good mentors along the way, whether it was Hamish or Senna, to kind of help me see the truths behind everything. You had, a, you had a lot of chances to have some good, authentic relationships with people and not be fully isolated from yourself or from your the people you care about. Yeah, and I was so grateful for that. And it seems now, talking to you, that I had it a lot better than you do. <laughs> yeah, definitely in some ways. Um, you know, in this Goldenstein book, uh, it actually told me a few different ways that uh, an authoritarian regime like the ones that we're in could actually be brought down. Um, oh, really? there's, there's a few different options. Um, you know, uh, in order for an authoritarian regime to remain durable, uh, it has to be able to outlast external forces. So, you know, a different conquering nation to come in, which uh, is kind of what happened in your situation, right? with District 13. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It also has to be durable against internal revolts from its discontented lower class citizens. I think that controlling resources and restricting coalition building via a surveillance police force is the strongest way a regime can instill this, which is kind of what is failing in your case, right? Yes, for sure. It also has to prevent the uprising of a discontented middle class, which actually has tangible power, seeing as they're the ones in charge of propaganda, surveillance, and policy, and any institutions of control. In my case, I'm kind of a part of the middle class, but everyone is so focused on backstabbing each other and doublethink and, and surviving that nobody's really able to vocalize their discontentment with the government. I think one reason that the capital was able to be in power for so long was because of the alliance they had with the upper districts and that through the isolation of the districts, the upper ones had all the privilege and they didn't really see what was going on in the lower districts, nor did they really care because they were just receiving those benefits, um, which really led to their complacency. And I think revolt wasn't able to happen until they kind of got on Tatnus' side and realized all of the corruption that Snow had been doing for so long. Um, and that was really what allowed them to overthrow the government in the end, because without their support, that wouldn't have happened. It certainly would have been an even bloodier conclusion, to say the least. The last option, of course, is that the ruling group just stops deciding to rule, but I don't think that's something that is displayed in either of our situations. No, definitely not. They have a lot of gusto in that regard. <laughs> Agreed. So overall, what do you think are the most important factors in an authoritarian regime like ours maintaining its power or not? I think from our discussion so far, it's really clear that isolation is what will allow an authoritarian regime to remain durable, whether that be from the outside world or authentic relationships or even from oneself. I think there's a real lack of power that people feel when they're in isolation. And if you can maintain that, that will really help against um, revolts and uprising from the middle class and even the ruling group losing their willingness to govern because everyone will feel so alone and kind of trapped in their world. And of course, there's many institutions that are able to implement these different things, but those just, they don't seem as important and as commonplace to many different situations as just the fact that those three versions of isolation need to be maintained. Um, and in your case, it doesn't seem like they were, which is why I think you're going to be successful in the end, Katniss. Yeah, definitely. Isolation is such a complex thing, and I think a lot of times we only think about it as maybe just being in a room by ourselves, but even isolation with others um, can be powerful in yeah. terms of our lack of power. For sure. Even just perceived power. 
Well, after talking to you, I just wanted to give you a piece of advice if you don't mind. Um, I just think that like maintaining your relationship with Julia or someone you can trust and who trusts you is so important because those human connections can get you really far um, and they help you really form your morals and values in the face of constant chaos that we've both lived in, you know? Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that if I had been able to maintain that relationship, I would have been okay. Um, well, I, I actually have some advice for you if you'd want to hear it. I think that the thing I've learned from my experience is that you need to maintain a space free from the surveillance of the system. Um, this is the only way that you can actually foster those trusting relationships you were talking about in the first place. Um, and you know, you need other people on your side who are thinking the way you think in order to maintain your sanity mm -hmm. and just maintain the possibility for change and a conception of change. Yeah. And I'm sorry you didn't really get that in your world. It's okay. I hope that you will avenge me, Katniss. Sitting in the Starbucks, Katniss and Winston begin to realize the hints of authoritarianism all around them. From people glued to their electronic devices to the police pacing back and forth on the street, it becomes clear to them that the inklings of their previous surroundings still remain.